coming up on this episode of Don't Panic. We're talking some tech news? Who knows? There's not a lot of news this week, so we'll probably get into the election and a little bit about what news means on social media and is there really such a thing as news. I genuinely don't know what we're going to talk about and I couldn't be more excited, so we hope you stick around because it's time for Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 149, recorded November 14th, 2016. Panic at the newsfeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast where Colby still bops his head along with the theme song he can't even hear. I'm Sean. It Jennings. might not even be the same theme song anymore, but I can I can only assume that it is. And even the best part is we don't even play the theme song on the video version. So them even seeing you bobbing your head, they'll always forever see you bobbing <laughs> your head to nothing. It's great, and I love that. Um, Colby Rabadu, Dan Miller. I'm pointing the wrong way because I can't figure out how the cameras <laughs> work. It's these guys right here. Look at. Oh my god, I'm messing with your frame rate. Um, what's going on, gentlemen? Welcome. Happy Monday. Thanks, Sean. Yes. How's uh, how how are how are things for the two of you guys? You have nice weekends. We got to we got to our our usual weekend catch up here. Uh, I, I I escaped a room. You escaped. Were, see, when you phrase it that way, it makes it sound like you weren't at an escape room place. You're like, no, a guy actually kidnapped me. Chloroform cloth over the mouth. Had to like kick out a taillight and a trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan basically had taken this weekend. Um, no yes. escape room. I've never done one of those. Are they as fun as everyone says they are? Because I'm suspicious. I, I, I think it depends on the kind of person you are. Uh, Usually when I people that, say that, it doesn't bode well for me. And I also think we got lucky because the other two people who were supposed to show up for our slot didn't show up. So it was just my friends in this room. And I feel like mm-hmm. that makes a big difference, too. Oh, there there were supposed to be like other people. Yeah, because they like fill it up to like eight people or whatever. So if you mm-hmm. only get less than eight people to go, they're gonna fill it in with whoever they can find. Gotcha. So yeah, we skipped the room. Uh, watch Westworld. Best episode yet. Oh, I don't. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. On, on Westworld, Sean. I'm, I'm get, through episode four, and I love it. And I just haven't had the time. Episode four. But that I'm, was a big episode. Yeah, episode was. four was when it started to get real. Yeah, I'm. This show is like crack. It's so good. <laughs> First of all, it's just beautiful to look at. Like I love the set, and I'm not a big like westerns guy. I just love the art of both the western sort of scenes and the like sort of futuristic interior of the company type scenes. I just love all of that. And then the acting is also really good. So I'm I'm just Anthony Hopkins is like he's a zillion years old and still kicks ass. Like he's yeah. so good. And I've gotten like thankfully nothing's been spoiled for me yet. I've been pretty good, but I have gotten little little hints of what's to come in the next couple episodes, and I'm so excited. So excited. Mm. Anthony Hopkins does not slow down. No, dude is a badass. He does not fool around. So I've been I, I have been getting my money's worth out of my HBO subscription. Finally, it's a, yeah. about damn time. Nice. It is nice. It is nice. Anything else uh, going on here? I didn't do that much this weekend. I don't think it was. It was a. It's quiet. Pretty hang around Boston weekend. Good but, place to hang around. Yeah, I think so. 
Watched the Patriots lose yesterday. That was lame. But it was a great game. Well, and that was the hardest game on their schedule to be yeah, So right. if they're going to lose one. It was fun to watch. I feel yeah. like Pete Carroll is like the other Bill Belichick. Like, in like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, most other teams don't play a similar game to the Patriots. And so, so it's like really interesting to watch a showdown like that. And uh, in... Uh, in a fitting fashion, it was down to the absolute last minute. What was it like? Seven lead changes throughout the game. Yeah. Um, even was... even when the when Seattle got the ball back with eleven seconds left, it still kept going because they were on the one, so they couldn't spike it because it would have been a safety. I know it. It's it was a very exciting game, and it's a shame that those. Assuming they don't meet in the Super Bowl, the next time those teams will play each other is 2020. They only play oh each other gosh. every four years because of how the schedule works. Wait, what? Yeah, well, there's only... So there's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's 16 games in a season. So hypothetically, you only play half the teams each year. And the way and so you're in your four-team division, right? And you have to play each of the three other teams twice in a year. So there's six of your games, right? You with me so far? Yeah. which leads 10 games left, and there's a, a, a certain row. I don't know all the details. There's a rotating schedule where certain teams you play every year, certain teams you play every other year. It's based on AFC, NFC. It's based on regionality. It's based on all these different things, and there are just certain teams. Like, was it? Someone told me, because it's a. I know someone who's a big Patriots fan but lives here in Houston, if the Houston Texans win their division next year, or this year, then the Patriots play here in Houston next year. Like, it's all this weird stuff about how you finish in your division because all the division leaders, they want to play each other and that you get home field versus other. It's a whole... I read once there's something like 700 data points they put into a supercomputer that pumps out the schedule. But (laughs) um, apparently just mitigating most factors, Seahawks and Patriots are just one of those matchups you'll almost never see every four years. Um, You'll see it unless, of course, they meet in the Super Bowl. So that that is a disappointment because that is a... Always a fun matchup when those two teams get together. That's fascinating. I thought, I mean, I never looked into this. I was about but to say, like I most Americans, you don't care about how the NFL schedules their games, which is right. fair. I, I always <laughs> just assumed it was like, you know, random or something or like a rotating thing, not is at least for the regular season. And then you squeeze now, in bye weeks, international play, games. Everyone plays one game with one every other team. Well, I would you be, get a longer football season, you make more money. It seems like a no-brainer. This is why, right now, Dan Miller for commissioner of the league. <laughs> NFL. That's true. He can't do worse than the current guy. I'll make the NFL great again. Make- I don't know anything <laughs> about it. I don't even like football. It's perfect. I can just imagine Dan on his first day in the head office going, uh, all right, guys, so uh, everyone's still slam dunking, right? That's still <laughs> a thing we're doing? That's, you know. This isn't basketball? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would have it. Why stop? Never stop playing football. Never stop playing football. I don't football. want that, but I don't watch it anyway. Well, that's what they. They see. All right, here, here's your like, mini. They don't stop playing basketball, right? Practically, oh, no. they no, they do. It's just they play. They play basketball. It's like eighty or ninety games a year. Baseball, yeah. it's like over a hundred. A hundred and eighty or something. Yeah, right? it's a lot. Baseball plays the most. Hockey plays a lot too. Hockey plays like. Right. A lot. So I feel like football is the only one that's like this. Well, but I'll challenge back, Dan, and I my assumption as to why is because it's a much more physical game with a higher rate of injuries. I don't think physically those players would live through a 32-game season. Let's take the Amazon approach. Just use up the talent 
and then get more talent. There's always more talent. Actually, now you do kind of sound like the commissioner of the NFL. And <laughs> that, that actually might just work. Um, I'm just kidding. No, I know. Well, but but yeah. but they have talked about expanding to more games. So it's not a crazy notion, but the, the players union really hates it because uh, they're worried about their guys. It's a brutal league. You know, baseball, you can play over 100 games and you're probably <laughs> physically going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Maybe this is indicative of something else. I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, you're leaving us hanging there, Dan. Yeah, what if we just cancel the NFL? Well, one thing, here here we go. Here's your here's your presidential connection, right? Because you guys may not know this fun fact, but back in the, the mid-80s, I think it was 83 or 85, there was the, the USFL, which was a, a startup football league that had, I think, 16 teams at its peak. And they played in the spring, and the idea was that the NFL would play in the fall, and the USFL would play in the spring. And do you know who was the incredibly controversial owner of the uh, New York, New Jersey Generals in the USFL? Hillary Clinton. Good guess. (laughs) But no. Bernie Sanders. (laughs) No. Keep trying. Barack uh, Obama, no. Lincoln Chafee. Lincoln, oh, God. <laughs> Jim Webb. Who are you finding these guys? No, Donald Trump, of course, owned the uh, the generals and uh, forced the league to move to the fall and essentially drove it into the ground. But that's another story for another day. Famously sued the NFL for antitrust one, and and their their settlement for winning the lawsuit was three dollars. Wow. They actually won one dollar, but legally they triple that, so they got three dollars. <laughs> Amazing. Fascinating story. If you're looking for something to watch, 30 for 30 did an awesome documentary. What was it? Small Potatoes, Who Killed the USFL? Donald Trump's in it. It's on Netflix, I think. It's very good. Um, But I digress a lot. Um, (laughs) First of all, thank you to everybody uh, watching live on Facebook right now. I apologize because if you are watching on Facebook, the second you start up the video, you kind of jump in in the middle of us. And that's because I, I accidentally, I may have accidentally started the stream on the Up for Debate page. Um, because the buttons are right next to each other in the thing. And so uh, I had to cancel it and then start it up on the other page. So sorry for jumping in the middle. But the full version will be on YouTube at youtube.com slash don't panic show following this taping. Um, gentlemen, where do we uh, where do we want to go this evening? Where we're we've got the wide open planes ahead of us here. We can go in any direction but but down. Uh where uh where where should this cavalcade uh role well do we have any actual tech news to talk we, about we do so the only tech all right so let's just you know kind of break the fourth wall there's no news this week there's just <laughs> there, there's i scoured every website on the face of the planet for even the smallest of stories and i really struggled there's almost no news this week i think the election's part of it i think things pre-thanksgiving is part of it i think most of the big announcements have already happened um the only stories i could come up with are the following samsung purchasing uh harman if you know Harman, uh, they're big in uh, car electronics. So maybe there's an angle there. Samsung playing in cars could talk about that. Also, it, the FCC sending a letter to AT&T about net neutrality. They uh, have exempted uh, DirecTV video streaming on AT&T's mobile platform. Of course, AT&T owns DirecTV. And so the FCC has sent a letter saying, hey, we're not, it's what they call zero rating. We're not really comfortable with you exempting DirecTV in the same way you allow other companies to be exempt. 
Uh, we can talk about that. And then, of course, the third story that I have in here is uh, Facebook and their problem with fake news surrounding the election and some of the controversy that has surrounded that. There was a small bit around uh, the Snapchat spectacles were released, but there wasn't really a ton of news around it, just a lot of the reviews that had come out. Um, so I didn't. I, I know we could talk about that, but I didn't include it in the list. That's all I came up with. So unless you guys know of something else, we can do some of that. We can, hell, we don't even have to talk about technology. We can talk about yeah. whatever you want. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a serious week. <laughs> uh, I can see why there was not a lot of technology news. Um, I don't know. I'm so, so we talked before, but I'm I'm a little interested in talking about the Facebook stuff and seeing where that takes us. Yeah, sure, let's just go um, for it. All right, yeah. the no time like the present, as they say. Um, let let me let me do my best to introduce uh, this story. Uh, stop me okay. if I get it wrong. So, how many of you have been on Facebook in the last like two three months, maybe six months, right? Two three months, yeah. I would say most Americans, right? Well over 2 billion people across the globe. Um, And how many of you on there have seen a friend, a loved one, a family member um, post some kind of very uh, partisan story that looked suspicious? Okay, there we go. Three hands. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) Um, And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, that person probably didn't realize how obviously fake that was. I wonder if Facebook could do something about that. Well... Facebook is wondering the same thing. So you may remember we talked about this on the show a while back about the trending topics um, widget that they had. And it was staffed with real people for a while who were filtering the news. But then there was controversy that they were filtering out conservative sources. So they switched to the algorithm. Problem, the algorithm was filtering stories that were complete bogus. Ignoring the trending topics for a second, there's been controversy and a theory that the, the rise of Trump and, and, and some of the more dangerous elements of our democracy these days is being, I don't know if the word is facilitated, encouraged, um, promoted, uh, in, enhanced, emboldened, however you want to phrase it, by the rise of fake or heavily partisaned gray line news being spread on Facebook as credible news. Um, now, of course, this is on the heels of, of some very accurate reporting, very good reporting that has been done that says um, content farms in Russia and other sort of enemy countries purposefully actually create and disseminate some of this information as a means of de- delegitimizing our election and our democracy. Um, and so the question came up, the tech angle on this, of course, is what can Facebook do about it? Facebook has said all along, we are not a news site. We are not a news site. We are not a news site. We don't control what people post. If they post fake stuff, that's on them. But a story came out this week that Facebook had actually prepared a news feed update that would have identified fakes or fake or hoax news story. But apparently when they tested the system, it disproportionately impacted right-wing news sites by downgrading or removing that content from people's feeds. And they decided not to release the update out of fear of public backlash. So I think there are a couple interesting things here. Uh, The first one, which we may have may have touched on before, but I, I don't really recall, is like, does Facebook have like editorial responsibilities at this point. Um, so I think that's an interesting question. All people who disseminate news have editorial responsibilities. 
Yes. And, and so, you might say, but but Dan, it's not humans like deciding what gets the bit posted on Facebook. It's the algorithm. But some human designed that algorithm with well, yeah, so, their so own that was, biases. That, that was my next my next question. Um Yes. And I think so I I feel like the the argument that Facebook would make is that um, they like to they like to think of themselves as a medium, right? Like Facebook is like, um, I don't know. It's, it's a pipeline. Like, like, they don't control what goes through it. Correct. But the problem the problem is that they control what you see. Yeah. And I think that's what like that is yeah, where as that, soon as newsfeed stopped just being in, uh, like what well what the Twitter timeline used to be right. That's when you started to have editorial. Yes. And so, uh, I don't know. I feel like they got to do it now. <laughs> like, you can't. Well, you can't. Keep and I it think up. that the, we've talked, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this in the broader sense, which is even if you assume that Newsfeed and Twitter's thing work perfectly as designed, it's still a bad design because you're only going to look at the things that it knows that you want to look at. Yeah. So Which is not how you learn anything. I, you both know that I didn't necessarily want to talk about this because I don't like to talk about stories where I feel I don't have a good answer. And this is one where I will be the first one to admit I there I don't I've thought and thought and thought and thought and thought about this, and there really isn't a good somebody is going to lose. You can't win this fight, and the problem is news oh, is different. It. Okay. News is not the same as it used to be. Forget about Twitter and Facebook and social media. News isn't the same. 30 years ago, you, you, you'd have to create your own newspaper or create your, you know, create your own magazine to get your view out. Now you just it takes two seconds for someone in Russia to create a fake social media account or create a fake uh, Squarespace blog, post a story, and it goes viral. The, the, the way these platforms are set up almost encourage this kind of behavior because it is so easy and you can kind of game these algorithms to make it happen. And and there was another story that came out today that Google uh, AdWords is now going to start filtering out um, hoax news sites from using AdWords, which is, by the way, how they make their money. Um, so you know that would that I think will ultimately end up being a big hit to a lot of those sites. So they're taking the initiative to filter it out. I think the. The problem I have with a social network is it is a space, hypothetically, hypothetically for free speech, hypothetically being the key sort of theoretically. And I realize yeah. it's not a free speech platform. Facebook owns it. And therefore, it's, it's privately owned. That's, of course, we have to balance is privately owned versus a public sort of, you know, the responsibility angle, as we've discussed. But ultimately, it comes down for me to this question, which is... I think we all agree that something has to be done. Simply letting it 100% free for all is not the correct answer. Is that fair to say? I think yes. so. But how do you fix it in a fair way that doesn't impede on that free speech angle while doing the right thing for the people who don't know better? I don't know if it's, do you, is it like a Twitter verified mark where you still let them see the bad stuff, but you highlight the good stuff, but then who decides what gets verified? Is it that you actually pull the bad stuff, but at which case does that become censorship? And then in this, in this, in this age where 
a statistical fact can be viewed through two different lenses. How do you decide which is right? When a jobs report can come out and one new site can say, hey, good news for jobs, and the other site, oh, bad news for jobs on the same data, how do you decide to filter those? I have the answer. Oh, good. thank God. <laughs> we can end early. This is great. I, I get some thought, extra sleep. I thought about this for 10 minutes less, and I, I came up with an answer that's probably wrong, but... Give it a shot. You just use PageRank. News, news outlets will be vetted by how often they're referred to by other news outlets. The more your news outlet is referred to by other news outlets that are referred to a lot, the more reputable your news outlet is deemed to be. This is how Google search works. This is known to be effective. And I think for websites, that works. I challenge that for news simply, beca- simply because because a web page links to another web page says nothing about the content other than it's popular. If you yes. get a large enough mass of crap websites. Right. But here's the thing is those crap websites themselves will not be referred to by anyone else because they're crap. So their links in matter less. But but they are they are connected to one another. That's what I'm saying is that and Google has built-in detections for detecting these spam rings. And I hope. And I and I I again, I think algorithm is definitely a piece. You have to identify these somehow and I think PageRank is a good way to do that. Frankly, you know, a lot of these small guys are very difficult, but they're big guys you can just kind of mark and flag and just say they're not good to begin with. I mean, that's you're right. PageRank is a good, is one of many tools in a toolbox somebody could use to identify these. But well, so 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 hang on. What happens if news, like imagine news is just a list of items, and the input, like a search result, and the input to the search result could be, show me news articles that Sean is interested in today. And it will rank them by relevancy and reputation. You can keep clicking next page if you want to keep going into the shit. No one does that, by the way, for regular websites. Uh, the input could be, I want to know more about what's happening in Syria. I, it could be, I want to know more about stuff that's relevant to me. I want to know more about the presidential race. It's just a search at the end of the day. And the fact that it shows up in your Facebook feed instead of as a search result is sort of a size of the point. I, I don't disagree with any of that, right? I just don't know what feeds this algorithm. Be, because someone can look, you know, <laughs> Breitbart.com has, has been a, a kind of a buzz site in this election. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. only alt-right and all that. Who decides that that isn't news? The entire rest of news. Because how many, how many reputable news sites but, reference? But again, what is a reputable news site? We know what reputable news sites are. Again, you just say... I guarantee you, I am very confident that if we if we looked at Google's, and Google already has this, by the way, it's like news.google.com. If you looked at their data, you would see so many more links to uh, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, uh, London Economic Times, New York Times, uh, the German one, all of these things. And you would, for 
any of the state newspapers in the countries where the the country controls the news outlet or any of these blogs or the Huffington Post. The Huffington Post and BuzzFeed would not compete. They would not be on the same tier. Just think about the pure volume of incoming links to those other places across all time. So I, I think it's a so uh, one thing that like this the the articles about this Facebook stuff weren't weren't super explicit. Like they seem to be based on sources who were like you know not supposed to be talking about what they were talking about. So. Um, there weren't a whole lot of details on this on this thing, right? Um, so we have no idea, like how, uh, like what sorts of things they were trying to filter, like how they were actually doing that, um, or or if it even worked. Like it could be the case that um, this this thing wasn't going to work for for other reasons too. So just so that's clear. Uh, it could also be the case that they they were going for the lowest possible common denominator. I think um, filtering, tr- like, uh, at least from from what I've been reading about this, right? Like, there is definitely a difference between something like Breitbart, which is like uh, a a incredibly like opinionated take on things that are happening but like <laughs> no, no, no. i'm trying i'm trying to be diplomatic maybe <laughs> i shouldn't be um, right and in these like uh just total fabrications from from other countries right right or these like you know like russian anti-us propaganda farms that that are right like so that sort of thing like is there a difference maybe yes. maybe not um, but, <laughs> from a machine's well, perspective, I don't think there is a difference. I think I think there might be when you think about well, Dan, when you think about like what you're talking about, um, like the like references to things and like can you verify certain information elsewhere, um, or maybe just in like the 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 format in which the content is presented. I I suspect that. Uh, like we talk about like AI and algorithms and it sounds really fancy, but I suspect that this is based on like really like naive stuff. Cause like most, most but Facebook did. Right. Right. And I, I think, you know, like, uh, I think a lot of what is cutting edge AI is still based on like pretty naive, uh, I guess heuristics for for what is one thing versus what what is another thing. Like computers aren't that smart. Like computers don't do like deductive re- reasoning, right? Um, so it's like if your title is formatted like like this this in this sensationalist way, like a computer can probably identify like clickbait versus uh, probably. I say like maybe it can. I don't. Oh, know. it definitely can. Right. So so that I mean, I think that's the question. Right. Is it can we do can can they do better at all? I think the the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, I am going to really seriously challenge you, Dan, that there is a serious difference between news with a uh, well, okay, opinion based somewhat, in fact, and straight up false Yes, my assertion is that Breitbart is mostly falsehoods and not opinions based on fact. True. I, 
<laughs> so, look, 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 so look. What's the difference between that and a Russian propaganda site? Nothing. Well, okay. And that, but there's a gradient. I think we can all agree there's a gradient, and things fall on a gradient all the way from 100% factually true with no bias all the way to, you know, completely made up. I, I saw, uh, read an article about the list of all various conspiracies. There's one where uh, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama kidnapped their children, and it's not really their children. They kidnapped them. <laughs> and that Michelle Obama is secretly gay. And that there's a whole, I mean, some of these get pretty insane. So I, I agree. But it, it always comes back to me, this argument, which is when it comes to complete falsehoods, I agree. Those should absolutely be filtered out. It's no different than scamming somebody in a pyramid scheme or, or any of these other things that these sites are built to filter out, right? But aren't people at, under a free society entitled to be able to read biased news? Yes. And is it Facebook's place to filter or reduce the visibility of those things, even if they're 80% untrue, but 20% true? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, this gets into, like, news theory, right? Why do you have an editorial board? Right. If, if what is the difference between Facebook and a newspaper, Oh, is this like one of those what's uh, black and white and red all over uh, jokes? That, no, uh, no. Is that like, what is the actual difference between Facebook and a newspaper? They are Editors. controlling what news you see, just like Absolutely. a newspaper does. So there's plenty of f philosophy and thought put into the reasons why you need to have an editorial board well, and why you need to, like, be very deliberate about what sorts of things you represent. I, I, but you can challenge that, though. The reason was was because if it, we didn't have a newspaper where everyone could could you know back before the internet could write in a letter and they would just publish them all at once. I mean, the technology didn't exist. You had to have an editor because there was limited space and limited print, and it, it was a necessity of the format. We're in uncharted waters here. Well, so so that the if you want to go look at racist like falsehoods you can go do that sure but you don't have to do it on facebook and that's facebook's right and you're and you're absolutely right it is their that is what needs to be clear here it is not it's publicly not their owned. right it's their responsibility and to to assert no editorial is a decision agreed that 100%. allows and Facebook has to live with these decisions they make. If they decide to implement a filter and they lose half half of their users because of it, they have to live with that. And they have to be fine with that. And they should be because that's a necessity of owning a public platform. Facebook doesn't allow nudity. That is a choice they made, for better or for worse. Maybe they could have made a lot of money off uh, porn advertising. Who knows? We'll never know. But they decided not to do that. And that's a battle they face. I, I, I see articles come through my feed all the time about women breastfeeding and Facebook decides to censor their pictures and they don't know what to do about that exactly. Right. That, that's, that's something they have to figure out. But people have to understand in the same way newspapers are privately owned and some have bias one way and some have bias another. Sorry, you don't get to choose. That's, that's, not, that's not your right. But, but Facebook does have to do something about this. I think the reputation of the news source is relatively easy to implement and uh, pretty unbiased. Like, highly reputable news sources are usually factually correct, and they're usually not inflammatory. 
and it's easy to tell. You can you can detect rep- reputation, reputability. You so, can detect it. And 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 I'll for the most part agree with that point. And I think you can at least get pretty close, right? But then how do you apply that, right? Is this a is this a? I'll, I'll go. They just I'll go get into, ranked higher. So, so so you still show the bad stuff. You just show it farther down the page. Yeah. That's what so, I would so, do. so there's no censorship necessarily. Yeah. It's just yeah. a, it's just an amount of, of ranking and 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 showing things higher in the feed, and you got to scroll about 18 pages down before you start seeing the sketchy stuff. Yeah, because you'll notice, like when I used to use Facebook, and we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> you scroll down through your thing, and then every once you get these like sashes of news articles occasionally, because they're like, oh, it's time for another news article, uh, news feed search result. I'm just going to stick well, some of these in here. I'm just going to stick some another bit further down. But I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that because okay. I, I like to think I don't follow any particularly extremely political people. I mean, you know, some have opinions, but no one's particularly On Facebook or just like On Facebook. Life. We'll just say Facebook for this example. But I've never seen any of them share an article from the New York Times or the Washington Post or, or oh, any. Oh, no, it's not about sharing. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. That's what shows up in my feed. That's what I see is what friends share and what friends comment on and what friends post. Right. Well, I mean, that's what that's how Facebook works, right? And like so, you see things that you have some connection to in in the like naive version of the newsfeed algorithm that doesn't care about the content of the thing you're po- that that was posted uh, is reacting simply to like interaction exactly and i agree with dan that search i agree you can absolutely do that and you can do it well and you can do it effectively but the problem is the facebook news feed is not search it, it is a feed of what the people you associate with and when all of the people around you if you surround I feel yourself like you get yes and i i think solving the problem of people sharing bad stuff is much harder but you do get just like articles from news sources right like your friend commented on this thing so uh, you'll, you'll definitely get things like um, you... You're going to make me go to Facebook right now. I was about to say, <laughs> I, I've got to go look and see yeah, what well, sketchy you things definitely, people You de- definitely get things like uh, a friend of yours liked this page, so you see yeah. like a post yeah. from that page. My that friend they likes did, Principal. They I get to see their newest post right here. Right. So they didn't necessarily interact with the post, but sure. they did interact with the page, right? So and And the same things like... I think you can see like friends or friends stories, right? Or like things that like you don't necessarily know the person, but but you might be interested because like uh, friend A, B, and C is is definitely interested. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I've. The the past two weeks have not changed, or the past like year has not changed, or maybe this this is the the cause of how I use Facebook now, which is purely to watch the tasty food. <laughs> yeah, Facebook in, <laughs> is not a pleasant place. Look, I I, I agree, and I, I think we're mostly the three of us are mostly in agreement on a lot of this. Right, something has to be done. Search yeah. is probably easier than a news feed. The technology exists to do it. Facebook just has to be willing to pull the trigger. The implementation likely will not go great on the first try or at minimum will definitely upset some people but it is facebook's dare i say responsibility to at least try and and they owe that in the same way they owe it to not put up scams or to pull down pornography they owe it to their users to 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 do their best to 
maybe not necessarily censor, but certainly to raise quality content above non-quality content, yeah. especially when it becomes the most used website on the planet. Right. And it's, 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 I mean, I think some of these questions are sort of new in that Facebook is, is truly a global thing, right? Like I'm friends with people on Facebook who are outside of the United States. Uh, and you know, they, they are the things that they put on Facebook can reach me like near instantaneously. Um, and the, like given that that's an incredible power that it, that has never really existed in, uh, in the world before and, and thinking about, you know, like, like thinking about these, these allegations or, or maybe they're not allegations. Maybe they're totally true of like, you know, other States like producing fake news to, to with the, the goal of like influencing the election possibly, or even, even if it's just with the goal of making money, right? Like these are like bodies outside of the United States, uh, with with a direct line of access in into the United States um, that is, you know, really uncontrollable. That's a, like that's a fascinating question, right? Because, um, like, what is what is Facebook's responsibility there? Right. On the one hand, they are like a multinational thing; like they exist everywhere, uh, or you know, everywhere with with. Uh, internet access but on the other hand they're also like a united states company and they like uh they exist here and and while i'm sure they are like they have plenty of like physical and and other things that that reside in other countries like i can only assume they're incorporated in the united states like they they uh like things that happen in the election can can drastically drastically affect them as well um so it's it's really fascinating and then it's also a question like we I think we are t- thinking simply about the United States here right like Facebook's effect on our election but like what are their responsibilities in in other countries too like being being a, a like a multinational network like entity thing do they have these same responsibilities elsewhere to defend other countries against maybe the united states right um it's it's complicated you know well first of all i want to i want to say this one piece then i'll get to my next point but um michael kurtz on facebook who is quickly becoming my favorite fan of the show (laughs) commented with the brilliant insight boo bring back facebook nudes (laughs) <laughs> thank you mike and you know what just for that i was cleaning my apartment today and i found the last don't panic keychain <laughs> and, and and i kid you not mike if you shoot me an email don't panic show at gmail.com with your address i will mail you this keychain we've got some don't panic stickers i think i've got a magnet somewhere else I'll, I'll send you some don't panic swag for being great for being make make for michael great again yes so thank you um no, look, for Facebook, it, it's amazing to me. I know people who Facebook is their internet. It's the first place they go. They spend 99% of their time on there. Everything that they read, everything they see comes from there. At some point, we decided 
at least we being the United States, because as Colby pointed out, globally, it's different, that the internet shouldn't be censored, right? That this internet is a free and open place of ideas that should not be controlled. At what point does Facebook become the internet? I know I'm pushing the point a little bit. Hang with me. But for some people, Facebook is their internet. At no point does it become the internet because the entire, the like, that's like saying, oh, I don't even know what it's like saying, Sean. There's literally nothing to compare to. It's like saying uh, you came up with, well, it's uh, it's uh, you, you speak English. You, like, you can, like, and you, and in the United States, in like a couple months, we will no longer have free speech. Therefore, free speech doesn't exist in the world. Like, I don't know. It's like two completely different concepts. The uh, internet's entire point is to allow unfettered connection between computers. And as long as you can do that, which you can't do in China, you don't have free speech in China. As long as you can do that, then you can go to whatever website you want to and say your stuff. And, like, as if all you want to do is go to Facebook, that's your choice. And you, just like it's on you to educate yourself about who's running for office in your local elections, what are the ballot questions that New York never has, it's on you to ask the question, should I be discussing these things on Facebook? Should I be getting my news from Facebook? Just like you should be asking yourself that question about the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, maybe I should have made my point a little more clear. To stop that, I'm not saying Facebook should become a public utility. Which, by the way, in the United States, things like our electric grid did start private, became relatively public. But what what I'm saying is, should Facebook so treat itself like a public utility in how it operates and how it approaches these difficult problems? Should it? Should at what point does it become? Do they make the, and I know it's never going to get there. I like to imagine it will. Do they say the decisions we make need to benefit the greater good more than it does our business? Well, They're a private how, business. They'll never get there. But I like to imagine they will because well, I think they need to. That's how companies should operate. Well, you, you, and you would think, but, but I think Facebook has a greater responsibility Here's, because. So it can't be utility because it's not a utility. The in, internet service is a utility or it should be, even though it's not. Water is a utility. Electricity is a utility. Electricity, you're either getting all the electricity you can handle, asterisk, you know, you're not going to run uh, a manufacturing plant out of your house, or you're not getting any. It's not like you either get, like, yeah, but okay, but you can uh, use other things in Facebook. You, you, it's like saying soda is a public utility. You don't think, have to buy soda. You can drink something else. Yeah, but that's so, like saying so, healthcare in Canada. You you can just not go to a doctor. You have that right. Yeah, but the, the right government has still go. created a system where you can, and it's a and it's a it's a place that's available to everybody. Because I, there's no bias, hopefully, in healthcare, right? Like, oh, you haven't been to the United States, Dan. <laughs> there is a big bias in healthcare. Well, there's a big bias because we've created like these economic incentives for you to not get the treatment, and you that's just- called the stock market. We've created an incentive for businesses to to right. to be beholden to stockholders and not not users in the general public. Right, but hypothetically, someone who in Canada shows up or in the United States shows up and pays to get surgery X. It doesn't matter who they are. They get the thing. I could see that being utility. A social platform. Imagine a dinner club. Dinner clubs aren't utilities. 
Like, you're right to, like, bullshit with your friends and play these stupid games and post pictures. That's not a utility. The the ability to transfer bytes of information to other computers, that's a utility. And if someone wants to spin up a service that allows you to send pictures to that service, and then they show those pictures to your friends, then great. But you could always send those pictures some to some other means directly to your friend, and that's the utility bit. Facebook is not a utility. Google is not a utility. So, um, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with either of you. I, I think I see. I think I see both of your points. Um, I'm not sure exactly that. Maybe Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily where Sean was going. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I didn't I, mean to take it off the rails. I, I, I think you can, you know, debate the the like semantics of the internet versus other things um for a long time but the i think that facebook does have facebook and and other like twitter or whatever i think twitter has a responsibility to protect yeah, its users talked from about like the harassment things yeah yeah from like the horrible things that happen to people on twitter um in the same way i think Facebook has a responsibility to its users to do this. They have, they, they, we have given them an incredible amount of power, right? Um, in exchange for for uh, like our our own sort of power, right? But they they do have like they uh, we've entered into this contract with them, and to say like. It, I don't think it can in good conscience be said that uh, they can be it, – it is okay for them to be like a neutral party. They're not a neutral party. Like we've we've let them into our lives in a, in a very like personal way and it's been so long now that I, I can see – you know, I think things being on Facebook maybe have like a little bit of cred in the way that an article being from the New York times has some cred, right? It's not the same kind of credibility, but it is credibility in that like a friend of ours posted it, right? So someone that you knew uh, either posted it or is connected to it somehow. Um, and they go through, you know, the, 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 that's what the social graph is. Like they go through these painstaking efforts to find like, how this this information is meaningful to us and they present it to us and and i think they have a responsibility to to make sure it it maybe it comes down to say to, to putting on posts like we're not sure about like the accuracy of this page right or like this this might not be true or like we don't know who posted this or in the past the person this site that posted this has posted like incorrect data right maybe that's that's an a possible you know solution or mitigating tactic but the the fact is like things being on facebook i think i just said fact and i think that's 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 silly (laughs) That's basically <laughs> kind of the news stories we're talking but, about, isn't it? Right, right. And, um, so what what I believe is that uh, things that are on Facebook have more credibility than things on, that you might f- stumble across on the random internet. Much the same way as like the first link in Google probably has more credibility than you might might than than uh, something that you just randomly stumbled across. Um. 
would and i i think they need to they 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 have some responsibility to deal with this somehow uh, well first of all i want to say thank you to uh, rob hom who's watching us i don't know if you remember him from uh oh yeah an old colleague at maris says hi to sending love to colby not to me or Dan, but that's okay. Uh, it's not personal. It's not personal. Um, no, I, you know, and I just want to circle back, Dan, because I think you made a very good point. If Facebook were a social network, I would agree with you. They're not a social network anymore. When Facebook decided to go out and start paying news companies to post stuff on their website, to become a place for news, when they're paying news companies to live stream on their platform, when, when they went in that direction, helped their business a lot, but it also made them... They're like Yahoo used to be. They're a portal site. They have a lot of things going on. They're not just for your friends. And I agree, yeah. nobody should be regulating what you kind of can't do with your friends. But I, and I was trying to find the statistics and I can't find them. I would love to see a study of how people actually use Facebook.com percentage of time-wise and how much time is spent posting pictures and chatting with friends and actually doing things with friends versus sharing news and sharing external things. On Facebook, because I have a feeling yeah. it's higher than we think. Yeah, but that doesn't, I don't think that changes my point. It, it's the, sharing news stories from news outlets to your friends is not a utility. No, it's, it's an application of a utility. I can imagine a future in where Facebook, like, become, I mean, this is kind of dyst, dystopian, right? But, like, Facebook like surpasses the internet, implements its own protocol that no one else can use. And like the way you interact with other people is via some like Facebook portal thing. And right. It, it, it's interesting, but yeah. I think like Sean also has a point in that there, there are probably some people who almost exclusively like, uh, use Facebook as, as, as their portal to the world. The, um, the analogy I'm going to fall back on is, it's like if we were talking about how much Trump sucks in some bar and the guy told us to leave. That could be the most popular bar in town. And he can still tell us well, to leave, but and we can still go somewhere else but and hang talk on. about it. I love a good analogy. I love <laughs> a good analogy. So let's roll with this one. Let's imagine, roll with it. Imagine we're in that bar. Yeah. And then you bring in a gentleman and say, hey, Sean, see this guy here? He is the uh, a lead professor at Harvard in political studies. He's going to tell you why Trump sucks. And I'm like, actually, Dan, he kind of looks like a whole he looks like a Russian guy in a fake mustache. Yeah, that doesn't there's something not right about that guy. And you go, no, 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 no. This dude's legit. You got to listen to him. At that point, if the bar owner came over and said, hey, wait a second, there's something not right about this guy. Yes, that's OK. That's fine. I and agree. That, and that's what and we're, you and should I think that's, do that. And that's what we're talking about. I, and I, I do think we're on the same page. And I agree my, my public utility argument is maybe a, a bit of a stretch. But I do think when, when a piece of technology becomes the sing, more so than any other point how people get information, that site then gets a certain responsibility that it wouldn't have had otherwise. That was the only point I was trying to make. And, and they need yes, to understand I, that. I agree with that. But utilities, if you're a utility, then you sort of explicitly disavow yourself of that responsibility. Because you're just like, oh, the, the bits come in. Doesn't matter. I put the water in. True. But at the same time, then you're ensuring equal and fair access of the, that utility to everybody. So it's a yes. part of the con. It's, you get both sides. I agree with you, Dan. Thank God it's not a public utility because our government, our corrupt government, would drag <laughs> it into the ground and uh, thank goodness uh, I want I do want to give a shout out to, to Michael who's getting a lot of FaceTime tonight he says you want face you want Facebook to Wikipedia itself no 
mostly agree, but I do think that there is, again, it's a lot of tools in a toolbox. Some of it's an algorithm. Some of it's going to be human-based. And I think people being able to report and being able to be part of the solution, I think, will also be part of it. I don't think you can go 100% algorithmic. And, and Wikipedia has an editorial board, by the way. It's the people who edit the most. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and Wikipedia has their own set of editorial issues, right? Yes. And things are not 100% accurate on Wikipedia. No. So there is no one, one-stop solution, and there is no easy way to solve this problem. Yeah. But gosh darn it, I think we, in, in the last 45 minutes, did solve it. So <laughs> I feel pretty good about we, that. We made some progress. I'm, gonna, I'm going to take this episode and mail it to Facebook. <laughs> and say, look, we did it. Please pay us. There Thank are you. definitely a few people in my feed who still work there. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, rather, a few people whose feed I'm still in. Still <laughs> yeah, I think I like marking the stories as suspicious. I think is great. Chrome does this with websites. And Facebook is the Chrome that people use to browse the internet, as you pointed out. In yeah. fact, on mobile, they have their own browser, practically. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but then, a, go ahead, Sean. Well, well I was going to say, but then again, you don't want to be Facebook when they decide to put suspicious next to Breitbart, and people are not going to agree with that. But that's okay. That's Facebook's right. I think we and, all agree right. with that. And so, so one thing I, I meant to, and they could point, they could say, like, here's why it's suspicious, is because reputable news sources have flagged it as wrong and not many people flag those news sources as wrong. So, so one thing I, I wanted to, to clarify, cause uh, I meant to do this earlier and like, this is not just for conservative news, right? The, the story mentioned that like uh, there was more conservative, like false conservative news in, in 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 the whatever corpus of data they were looking at but it's like there is still false like liberal news right along the same lines like absolutely they're they're on both sides and probably other like third party sides and crazier sides or sides i don't even know exist right there is all kinds of false news like uh it's not just like i don't uh well just nobody wants to be called on theirs right oh yeah right Right, and, and I, I guarantee I just you that the New York to... Times would not link to any of the left-leaning false news articles, right, or any of the websites that those news articles appear on. Yeah, so it works both ways. Yeah, and I, I think within like within traditional newspapers, I feel like this sort of uh, like peer credibility like lending is how it works all the time, right? Like. Uh, the New York Times, like the Boston Globe, might might quote the New York a New York Times article, right? And so, so like that lends credence to the New York Times and the Boston Globe because they both have like reputations. Um, how so? So, how much time do we have left? <laughs> oh boy, that's a that's a scary question. We are about to hit one hour distance call. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, Colby, but it's also our show. So if you got something to say, buddy, now's the time. <laughs> well, so, if I don't so, want to hear it, I can just leave. That, that, you right, have that you right. <laughs> and everyone listening um, can just turn it off. Don't no, turn they it can't off. do that. No, they can't. Just, just drop the mic. So, like, this this whole thing before the show got me thinking about, um, like, those sources of news that we 
do consider to be uh, reputable in like what what their role is nowadays and what their role will be like in 10 years or 25 years or 50 years from now. Um, and I, so I'm a New York Times time subscriber. I've, you know, you know, read it pretty much every day. Um, and I think, you know, the New York times has, has an incredible reputation as, as a newspaper, as, as, uh, uh, a reliable national source of news in, in the United States. Um, but like the fact is it's not freely accessible to everyone on the internet. Um, and all of these trash websites that, or all of these websites posting like fake stuff, there's no paywall in front of those. Um, and there is some, I think that seems like a problem to me. Right. And like, obviously you can go and read like your, your four articles a month for free or whatever that you can. And I'm not like, I don't necessarily mean to like fault the New York times for charging for, for the work they do because um, it is important that they can make money and pay their employees and continue to exist. Uh, But it's just like, it, it, it seems like a huge problem. Um, and so, so like I can see there, there always being a market for that sort of thing, but like, what is the reliable news source that everyone, that, that folks who can't afford, afford whatever this $6 a week or whatever it costs to subscribe to the New York times, um, like how did they get the reliable news? Um, and I don't know, like maybe the answer to that question is, like public public media, like like NPR and, and the likes of them, a lot of that is uh, radio or television, but they have you know uh, like text stories too. Um, but I don't know. So that that was my question. That was my next thing. If we had time for it, that that is, uh, I'm like my brain's exploding at how good that point was. Um, because I think I think you're right. You get what you pay for. And if you're not paying for your news, how good is it, right? That's there. There is a definite question mark. I'm not saying all free news is bad by any stretch. I'm not saying that, but and like doing doing quality journalism is more expensive than not. A good story not can good. take many months to put together. I mean, this isn't something that you just that requires 30 minutes of you typing at your keyboard and posting. But you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. It reminds me, of course, that. Um, the three major networks, of course, CBS, ABC, and NBC, when the government gave them the rights to use the airwaves um, to broadcast television when television first started, part of that deal was they are required, and I believe by law are still required, to provide news to the people. That was a requirement. They said you can have these. I don't even think they charged them for the rights to use them, but they said you have to provide a public service to the people of this country by providing them news. Um, and they still continue to do that to, to this day. And I, I agree with you, Colby, that we do need to do a better job of of, of informing people. And look, I, it was, I'm glad we don't have any time left because I could go on for another three hours on all the things that went wrong over the last year in, in the United States as a whole. One of them being that we don't teach civics in, in schools anymore. Frank, I barely understand how the government works, and I have a college degree and consider myself well-informed. We, we, there's so many problems that we just don't teach the fundamentals anymore, and part of that, Colby, is you're right. People 
don't have good access to good information. They get, it's, you know what? A great parallel is food in this country, right? Poor people only have access to crappy food because it's cheap. How do you expect them to get healthy if they live in a place where they don't get access and the access they do have, they can't afford? The internet is the same way, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get people less advantaged access to this information? Facebook can be a great piece of this. uh, A lot of these news sites, right, when you come in through Google, they don't charge you. It's little things like that, I think, help. But you're right, Colby. I I don't know the answer, but I think asking the question is a good first step. Definitely. Yeah. I I have last more to say on that, but (laughs) I don't think we have time, so I'll just... I'll just keep yeah. it to myself for now. I will think about it for next yeah. time. Yeah, no, hey, honestly, I, I was I was hesitant coming into these discussions. You know me, I like to keep it very light. But um But I do uh I do like when we do have the rare opportunity to to spend a whole hour just hammering one subject to death and, and maybe actually getting to the bottom and of it, it. It wasn't an Apple event. Usually the uh, one episode uh topics are just Apple events. I so. know. I know, and I, uh, and I'm 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 glad that we actually got some use out of this, as opposed to when we cover an Apple event, we usually just talk about technology we aren't going to buy. So, um, yeah. at least this we got some some answers uh, out of it. Oh yeah, uh, friend of the show, Michael Kurtz says on Facebook. I think uh, the problem is that so much of the electorate doesn't know how to detect false news online, um, and I I agree, and I think that's like. Uh, one of the, the the sort of sort of the next thing I want to say, like there are other costs to to digesting the New York Times as well, right? Like um, you have to pay, right, to have have unfettered access to it, but you also like need to have like be uh, educated enough to be under able to understand. Like it's not like the most intense language you you've ever read, right? It's not like like a, a PhD paper or something like that. Um, but it's 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 like high level language and and so you know things like memes or quick videos on Facebook are like way easier to digest than mm-hmm. than a, a five hundred word New York Times piece, um, and I think that's a part of it too. Time is another like time is another thing. There are there are lots of costs to. Um, there are lots of costs that you have to pay to like be in, informed. It's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. You have to actively want it and do it. It will not come to you easily. It will not happen automatically. On these networks, you have to follow people who disagree with you. And no one wants to do that. But that's how you see the other side and get a complete picture. Because yeah. as we know, if you just follow everyone who agrees with you, you never see that. Um, when, is, when are we going to have uh, Michael on the show? Like at, the, at this point, he might as well just be a guest. <laughs> he practically is. It could happen. We got we got to set it up. I'm saying, and just I'm just putting that out there. I'm just putting that out there. Um, we've got very quickly a few minutes if we want to just run through these picks very quickly. Um, I will talk about mine very quickly, and it's just the New York Times and the Washington Post, two outlets I feel did a really outstanding job this presidential election, offering up quality, um, well researched, in depth pieces. Um, you can get them each for. Um, the post is a little cheaper than the New York times. I think you can get both for under $20 a month. So, um, it, it's not a horrific deal. Um, and, and I've, I've gone ahead and I canceled my Netflix DVD subscription and instead subscribed to those. And I'm very glad cause I read them all the time and get annoyed. As Dan said, when you hit that, you know, you've used your free articles for the month. So, um, 
not necessarily even both, but just pick one and, and be informed. It's, it's well worth the money. Um, let's say Colby, you've got a great organization here. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like my pick specifically is the ACLU, the American civil liberties union. Um, but I think more generally, uh, if, if going into the next year or four years, you're, uh, concerned for yourself or your neighbors or just people around the country, I think, uh, like one thing you could do is, is send, send some money or your time. If you can volunteer your time to, to organizations that, that, uh, were to make sure that everyone, um, everyone gets their, their civil rights in, in, you know, it, it, this is the rights that they are entitled to as, as citizens or just people in, in, uh, you know, in our country. So that's, that's my, my thought. I'm, there are, there are lots of organizations that, that do great work. And if there's any one, uh, issue that, that might be coming up in, in the next couple of years, uh, there, there are, um, definitely there's one for all of those issues. So <laughs> something to think about. Very good. Very good. ACLU.org. Dan, you've got uh, our, our one tech pick of the evening. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't trust Donald Trump with all of your personal information, which he will have, we know he'll have it. We know he'll be able to read all your Facebook messages, all of your posts, all of your text messages, all of your phone calls, all of your emails. Obama can read this now. He can read it right now. So if you don't want that to happen, download Signal by Whisper Systems. It's a widely verified, widely vetted, encrypted chat system. Think WhatsApp. WhatsApp is also encrypted using the same technology, though. So if you want to just, if you're already using WhatsApp, just keep using it. Uh, but if you're using Facebook Messenger and you're in group chats, you're pretty much screwed. Facebook does not encrypt things by default, although you can enable it. Uh, if you're using text messages, you're screwed. If you're using Slack, which we are, you're screwed. <laughs> yes. uh, if if there's one thing we can we can learn from the Clinton campaigns, like email woes during this election, that things on computers other people can and probably will read at some point. Yes. If if this if it's on someone's computer and it's not only on your computer and the where it is is not encrypted, they are going to read it. Well, I for one love President-elect Trump, and I cannot wait for him to make America <laughs> great again. So I'm just—I don't know about these other guys. They're very suspicious, you know. They're—they're—we got a couple of hill dogs here, a couple of uh, Clintonites. I'm just saying. If, the swamp. if President Trump wants to throw me in prison, that would be the greatest accomplishment of my life. After having not watched the election uh, results, yes, I was about to say your second <laughs> that biggest. That would be success. the first best accomplishment, and then a close second would be that. I would be very happy. We can arrange that. Uh, all right, good. Well, we're we're so done. It's not even funny, but I think I think this was a, a genuinely fantastic episode, um, and I'm glad we had the chance. We'll, we'll we'll I'll try and not be a big baby about talking about controversial things in the future. I promise. Uh, and we'll occasionally do things like this, but I feel a little better getting it out of our systems and talk. I hope everyone feel a little mini therapy session. Everyone's feeling a little better about it. A little bit. Yeah, I think. Like a lot of the podcasts I t- I talked to, like explicitly did not talk about it, or sort of like nodded to it, and then, um, you know, went on to do their regular thing. 
Uh, but I think it feels good to talk about, especially like a week after. Like, I think yes. I would have had a pretty hard time doing it like on Wednesday last week, um, having an informed discussion about or or just like a reasonably calm discussion about anything related would have been a challenge. But absolutely. I'm glad, glad we uh, glad we did this. And we hope everyone joins us next time. I promise we will actually talk about tech news um, here on the program. Of course, our website, don'tpanic.io. You should go there. Why? Because all the episodes, audio and video are there, including links to all the picks from every episode. You'll also be able to find links there on how to subscribe on places like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, um, Google Play Music. We're just about everywhere. And of course, uh, you can follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, uh, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. You can email us if you've got some feedback. And of course, live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show. As you can tell by tonight's episode, we do look when you comment and we love when you bring stuff to the conversation. So keep it going. We love the uh, the live viewers on Monday nights. Um, that's it for us here. Uh, we'll be back soon with more tech news. On behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean. Thanking you all so much for joining us and saying we can't wait to see you next time for even more tech news. Well, actually, some tech news here uh, on Don't Panic. <laughs>